1: You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Realist Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And as always, I got to tell you a little bit about what matters to me. And uh, I bet you it won't be too hard for anybody out there to kind of take a guess about what matters to me today, because I'm sure it matters to an, an awful lot of people here uh, in the United States of America, but certainly in the world, you know, Obviously, uh, you know, something we can't control. Uh, when an act of God happens, it, it happens. And uh, those of us who are able to survive, we th- thank God that we did. And, and we pray for those who have lost their lives and, and their loved ones. So um, normally it's a member of the fraternity. But again, the fraternity of many times of sports expands because the fans and friends and family must be a part of that fraternity. So what I'm going to do is I'm I'm going to take a moment of silence to recognize those people who lost loved ones and those who have gone on to a better place. And what I believe is going on to heaven, and I'm going to have a moment of silence for all those victims that were lost in Oklahoma. So a moment of silence, if you will. Okay, we're back again. I am Ray Ellis, and you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports uh, on the Voice America Network. I want to give a shout-out to my man, Kwame Lassiter. Uh, Kwame was uh, with me uh, last week on the show, spent some time here in the studio. Uh, uh, Kwame, an outstanding uh, safety in the National Football League. You know, he, like myself, played a little corner when we were in college. He, of course, went to University of Kansas, uh, played many years for the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers. And just doing a good job here in the community. He is the president of the Arizona chapter of the NFL Alumni uh, Association. You can also listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports every Tuesday at uh 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh but Kwame just had a uh, uh a meeting for uh, for former athletes, uh NFL Alumni Association, and 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 brought a, a gentleman in uh, by the name of uh Nathan Sachs. That's S-A-C. H.S. Nathan, who uh, had an outstanding presentation for the players, um, is the founder and owner of a business by the name of Blueprints for Tomorrow. We specialize in succession and exit and transition planning. So I certainly appreciate the fact that uh, that Nate took time to speak to myself and uh, uh, quite a few other former players uh, to share some insight about uh, his business, Blueprints for Tomorrow. And I want to thank Kwame. Uh, for making sure that he is assisting players in their areas of need as they transition from a life without sports um, and into corporate America and always having to make adjustments in their uh, career uh, transition opportunities and looking for career transition opportunities. And Kwame is certainly doing a great job uh, with that. Uh, hey, let, let, let's talk a little bit about sports because uh I got a special guest that's going to be joining me pretty soon here. But I, I, before I get into my special guest, I'm going to throw this out there. Now, I'm sure some of you heard, I think Vinny Del, Vinny's gone. Vinny Del Negro, he's out. The Clippers are without a coach. And I bet you, they I, I'm going to tell you, I already. it's already in my mind. I see it. It's like, you know, dancing in my head. I can see the Clippers bringing Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson bringing Dwight Howard over to the clippers I, I, it's already i mean that's a no brainer the lakers already messed up they should have had, they should have signed phil as soon as the as soon as the opportunity was there for him to take that job phil should have got that job now they're stuck with somebody else and, and and the same city that has already taken over the the you know in terms of the sports in LA now you know i know the lakers sell out too but in terms of you know who's doing better on the court it's the clippers And so now Showtime is now Clipper time. And if you need a coach, one of the greatest coaches ever existed, woo, in basketball, Phil Jackson's available, and Dwight Howard, ooh, you got to make that move. So I think that may happen. There's one other thing I want to just talk about very briefly before we uh, move into a special occasion today. because It's special to me because – It's just uh, it's special. You know what you can do with sports. It's just special. Uh, I was on ESPN site today and it may still be there. They have gridiron geniuses up on that site. Now, there's one thing about sometimes we just have to be honest in what we say and what we feel. And the reality of it, many times the only people who are not allowed to be honest and transparent, our players, because we, you know, when you're a current player, you always have to worry about repercussions, consequences and repercussions, as my man uh, Ray Boom Boom would say in the movie. You know, consequences, right? you don't worry about that. Let's be honest. So if you're going to have up on your site. Gridiron geniuses. And if you look at that site and when I look at that picture up there, the first thing that jumps out to me is I see Bill Belichick up there. And I'm telling you, I I love that man. I I love everything about his approach to business. But there is a but. And there is no but in any of the conversation that I'm going to have about those great men. Chuck Noll, Vince Lombardi. You know, uh, Tom Laundrie, you know, and and, and of course, um, the San Francisco 49, Bill Walsh. You know, I'm not, there's no buts, but when I get to Bill Belichick, there's a, but there's an asterisk that has to be there. Spygate. And I, come on guys, let's be honest. Now there's a, but there, if there's a, but the, but has been the, 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 the blockage, if you will, that have prevented, you know, it's like a stop gate. It's like, you can't go beyond the point. There's a, but so we got to hold up. You know, we, you, you would be, you know, eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but you know, you would be one of the greatest players to ever play the game, but you know, you would be one of the greatest coaches to ever play the game, coach the game, but if you're a butt, if you got a butt, you can't be one of the gridiron geniuses because there's a butt there. And so I just wanted to say that because I had to. Because I, I'm sure it, it, it was, if it's the first thing that comes to mind, that's like, I guess, in a courtroom where, you know, a person has to be the jury. It can't. It's a hung jury. If it's not everybody agrees on it without, you know, there's no reasonable doubt. Hey, that person's guilty. If there's reasonable doubt, that person's not guilty. Can he be a genius if there's a butt there? Mm, don't know. But I tell you what I do know. I do know that I am so excited because we're going to have a great show today. And the reason why we're going to have a great show is because I got a very good man that's going to be joining me on this show to talk about something that's very special to me and it's special to a lot of you, and that is particularly if you if you like the game of football. In fact, most games are played with jerseys on. And so I, I have a person with me today who understands that that jersey is something special, and that jersey – can have a tremendous effect on people and people's lives. And it all depends upon how you use that Jersey. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do without any further ado, if you will, because I think I still got a few more minutes. I'm just going to, at this time, uh, introduce uh, a gentleman who is the, the co-author of a book that's called the Jersey Effect beyond the world Championship. Beyond the world championship, not just the world championship, but beyond the world championship. The Jersey effect beyond the world championship. It's a book that's co-authored by Darren Gray. And of course. Uh, Hunter Smith is also a co-author. And, and so if I could now, and I believe he is on the line with me, Darren, are, are you there?
2: Oh, Brother Ray, I'm right here with
1: you. Well, man, I, I just appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And I know you're so busy. You know, there, there's so much work you have to do because there's so much work that needs to be done. And you're one of those good soldiers out there doing the good work. Uh, I certainly appreciate you taking the time out to come and, and and talk a little bit. No, not a little bit, because I know you're pretty humble. But I want to talk a lot about the Jersey effect. I, I really, really do. And And here's what I want to do. I want to start this off. I'm, I'm not going to start it off with, with the book because I don't think the book is the beginning. In my mind, the book is the end because what there was, you know, the, it had evolved into a book. So what what I'm going to ask you is, you know, the who, the what, the when, the how, you know, where did the whole thing start at that ended up in a book?
2: Wow. What a great lead-in question. Well, first of all, I'm honored to be here and uh, and honored to do the work I do with Tony Dungy and so many other great men that have worn the jersey at such a high level but have then chosen to use that jersey to have an impact on those around them. And I really particularly like to focus in on the guys that want to have that positive impact. Many of them are men of faith, uh, faith, family, football, kind of get that priority Set right, and so uh, as it turns out, in in '06, I started working with Tony's All Pro Dad program and helping to scale that project across America. And now we touch six million lives each month through that network uh, across our digital platform. Our in-school chapters We've got a thousand of those, right Now in, in cities all over America, even in Phoenix, where where you live. Where dads get together with kids before school to have breakfast, but they learn great, high caliber character lessons and kind of they come there for a little bit of of football and having some fun uh, around that theme, but when they're there, they get a heart connection with their kid that really uh, helps to make the community a better place and ultimately their family a better place. So that's the work I do. I've been at it for a while now and Tony has introduced me to so many of his great friends and Leslie Frazier and and Mike Tomlin have had the honor of running their All-Pro Dad clinics, So we call them All-Pro Dad Father and Kids Experiences in their cities and I've worked with 18 of 32 NFL teams now with the help of my team and it's not just me. There's a a big group of folks down in Tampa, where I was yesterday with Tony uh, doing programming. I'll talk maybe a little bit about uh, some of those uh, insights here in time. But to get to your question, I began asking Tony and, and, and questioning, you know, what was different about the Super Bowl championship team that 2000 uh, in February four 2007, which was the the Colts win. That was Tony's uh, kind of moment on the platform. And uh, we just started thinking and talking about that. There seemed to be an inordinately high number of good guys on that team, men using their jersey to have a positive effect. And so the Lord laid that title on my my heart, and I began talking and and interviewing and and just began to, to get the manuscript together. And then uh, reached out to Hunter Smith, uh, and you probably don't recognize Hunter's name because famous fleeting in the NFL. But he played 12 years, which in NFL is a is a long career. And um, you know, began to connect to the Jeff Saturdays and the Tariq Glens and the Dillard and Gandys and the Reggie Hodges, who's still kicking up in Cleveland, and and on and on, and began interviewing them about what it was uh, that made them choose to use their platform, their jersey to want to have an impact on others. And, Ray, that that uh, uh, led to the, the book and the manuscript that's uh, been out on the streets for a year now doing great and uh, just gives us so many opportunities to speak to kids and to get on the stage. I did a Boy Scout uh, talk this week to a to a Boy Scout uh, uh, dinner, and, and, and it's transferable, right, that uniform that the Boy Scouts wear that's the same as the the uniform that the sports guys wear and how do we then help those young people know that they can make an impact on others too because the size of your platform doesn't really matter it just has to do with your heart and what you want to do to make a difference and Ray I know you know about that because you've been at this uh with so many other uh great men for so long trying to make a positive impact on others so that's the, the the quick story but uh Uh, Let me turn the floor back to you and let you speak into that.
1: Well certainly I, I do appreciate that, Danny, and you're right. And and that's what I'm I'm gonna talk about that. Uh, as we go further into the show is because there are many soldiers on many football teams that wear those jerseys and they understand that that gives them a platform to share a message, a very positive message. And yes. but, but sometimes we, you know, we love the Raiders and I'm not saying the Raiders, but the Raiders are kind of deep, dark kind of team. And we kind of gravitate to those things, but sometimes in the end, the good guy does win, and you guys certainly did win that Super Bowl. So, on the other side, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more or a lot more about the Jersey Effect. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I got with me my man, Darren Gray, co author of The Jersey Effect Beyond the World Championship. We'll be right back.
3: the fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's after it. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. left I don't care where they
1: put him. This one is out of
3: here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
1: Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And again, uh, I just want to send my... Uh, my prayers and blessings to all those people who have lost loved ones in Oklahoma, to those who have gone on to heaven. God bless you, you're in a better place. But uh, we must be mindful of, of those who have lost loved ones and do whatever we can to to help support them emotionally and monetarily, uh, spiritually, whatever we can do. But uh, going forward, again, I have on the line with me uh, my dear friend Darren Gray. Darren is the co-author of The Jersey Effect beyond the world championship and of course we're talking about that Super Bowl championship of which uh, Tony Dungy and the Indianapolis Colts uh, won and I believe that was in 2000 help me Darren
2: yeah it was February 2007 but it was a a, a 06 championship exactly
1: right okay so I, I just wanted to touch on something because you know Many times in, in professional sports, you know, young men, and they are young men, are asked to be role models without anybody giving them a blueprint, if you will. That shout out to, again, to the, the people I just left. But they have a blueprint as, as it relates to business. But young men are not given a blueprint as to what a role model, the, the definition of a role model. When some of them, as Gary Maddox, shout out to Gary Maddox, told me years ago, they need role models themselves. But many times... And in, in, in the faith world, you know, there is at least somewhat of an understanding of what it's like to be a good role model, because normally a good spiritually founded individual who has a strong spiritual foundation, you know, is able to be a good example. But with that comes a lot of pressure for for these young men. Uh, and 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 the Colts appeared to be the good guys. Tony was a, a, as a uh, everybody knows Tony is solid as a rock. And and he leads that way. Is there a, was there a design then? At, at least in your mind, you may not know factually, Darren. But did did Tony seek out those kind of character individuals to play football for him in that season or seasons before? Oh, did I lose, Darren?
2: No, I, I'm still here. I was trying to figure out the best way to answer. It. You know, I, I've talked with Tony about that exact uh a question and he's talked talk publicly about it. and of course he would defer to Bill Polian and and to Jim Ursay and really the entire leadership of the team but as a leader body they kind of came together and really uh spent time interviewing uh, uh the guys at the combine the right way in fact I was just talking to him yesterday about Dallas Clark so I'll speak about this specific example you know Dallas was a prolific tied in for the Colts and uh, w- went down to uh, the Bucks the last couple, and we'll see kind of how it plays out for him. Uh, but but Dallas, great kid, you know, great athlete. Uh, but uh, at the end of Tony's interview with Dallas, Dallas said, "Well, you asked me a whole lot more about my family and where I came from than you did about my playing, Tony. And why is that?" And Tony said, "Because that's what I care about. You know, these are the kind of things that I think." that the organization wanted to make sure to have the right chemistry. And, and I certainly don't want to speak for them. I was not part of that leadership team, but I've interviewed so many of the the great guys behind the scenes that were part of that and that talked about how Tony made sure and built a framework for success. And he would bring in, through the player development program there in the team, he would bring in a lawyer, he would bring in a police officer, he would bring in other that would then speak to the guys and really help them to understand not only being a role model uh, is important, but also help them to understand uh, uh, that that their decisions have consequences and they need to make good decisions in order to stay in the league, which is their primary motivator, right? Stay in the league, stay uh, productive in that way. And uh, he did a great job along with Steve Champlin, who uh, is there at the the Colts, and so many other guys that helped to build that framework uh, and make sure that the guys were trained up the right way. And other teams do that, too. And I think Troy Vincent at the league level is working hard through the player engagement department now to put that together, you know, before they get to the league, while they're in the league, and after they leave the league. But uh, I think that, that Tony's system was one that certainly paid dividends and ultimately allowed them to find that higher calling, that purpose that we talk about in the Jersey Effect, that they're playing for more than a championship. Uh, Because the the Lord, really, at at one level, he doesn't care if we win or lose. He cares what we do when we win and what we do when we lose. And it's interesting, you uh, said that... Ultimately, that's what it was about. Tony won the big one. He got a chance to profess the name of the Lord, and uh, they all kneeled down in the locker room after the game. And that really was a central theme in pulling together uh, the ideas that ultimately became the Jersey effect, right?
1: Yeah, well, you know, Darren, interesting you said that ab- about the fact the Lord doesn't care really much about, you know, who wins, who loses the game. And, and I, of course, trying to paraphrase what you said there, maybe didn't say it exactly yep. the way you said it. But uh, there are strong Christian men on both sides of the ball, you know, and I, I we all, I, as I told you, I, I never played before I prayed and Amen. So, so we always want to make sure that we're as healthy as we possibly can going in and coming out of that game. and yep. and But also, you know, it is an opportunity. There's a platform there to, to be used and for those to express their faith and, and to be bold about expressing their faith. And I am going to say this. I, I'm going to switch it now. And I want to talk a little bit about a kicker, man, a kicker, a punter yeah. who, <laughs> who really in his heart and his mind, uh, and and I think he deserves a lot more, or at least in terms of a platform of people being able to recognize how committed he is to his faith, similar to that of Tim Tebow. And and and, I, and of course, now I'm, I, I want to talk about your your good friend uh, uh, Hunter Smith because <laughs> Hunter was a quarterback in his heart, and this is what I this is what I like about him so much. Yeah. And, and I, I'm I'm sure uh, he 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 thinks a good coach Holtz I believe it was who uh, who who changed his position, yeah. and, and told him that one day you know I, you're a great punter and I don't want to be the one who was foolish enough to yes. let you play quarterback and get you hurt when you're going to probably be one of the greatest punters that ever played the game. I, I, here's what I want to know: I, I want to know when is Hunter going to pick up the phone and perhaps maybe call Tim Tebow. And and say to him, Tim, man, I've been where you're at. I, I I know what you're going through, but I I thought I was a great quarterback too. And 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 sometimes people <laughs> man, see things a in the
2: great, uh, uh, story. And and Lou certainly helped uh, change the course of. Of Hunter's destiny, and it was hard, right, hearing that, right, when you're when you're used to running the offense, and you grow yes. up just like you, Ray, you were the best, a uh, Pee Wee football player, you're the best middle school player, the best high school play- player, and you know then when you get to college and you're playing at a very high level at Notre Dame, uh, uh, in Hunter's case, right, you the, the coach has to make decisions, and and ultimately, uh, Hunt didn't get to lead that offense. Uh, uh, too much on, on game day, but he went on to have such a, a great a, a career, and, and really the relationships that he made along the way, he'd tell you I think were what were so important. The guys like Jeff Saturday, Tark Glenn, and so many others, who he's still dear friends with today.
1: Yeah, let me uh, ask but, you, can I cut? You know, I want to cut in there.
2: You know, man, that's a, a, a <laughs> tough situation because. Ray, I think it's as natural for Tim to, you know, uh, uh, have the Lord, have the name of the Lord on his lips, as it is to brush his teeth. That's kind of like me, right? I just, it's just part of who I am, and I don't want to push it on people, but I also want to use the platform that the Lord has given me to to speak truth. And uh, and truth, we believe is grounded in, in the Bible. And I'm sure some of your listeners are like, Darren, you know, that's not important to me. Well. Uh, I understand that, but it's part of what makes me who I am. Uh, just as, as they have their own things that make them who they are. So, uh, if, we, if we need to facilitate a conversation between uh, uh, Hunter Smith and Tim Tebow, man, I'm sure we can get that done.
1: No, I I, I believe this. I believe that those two men receive gifts from the Lord, and they believe it, and I believe it. I, I share that with them. But what I what I say the two of them is I, what I'm so concerned about. Tim is his platform. I don't know. Well, let's say the, the, the Jersey effect could go could go away if Tim doesn't decide that perhaps maybe it's best for me to play another position to extend right. my 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 access to this platform, because many people have done it. And I want And here's what I'm leading to. And and your conversations with with Hunter, because I haven't had a conversation with him. Did did he ever have, you know, uh, a walk as many times he would go fishing? I believe he would go, you know, during the break in the day from uh, uh, from the team, he would disappear did yes. he, did he Did he ever have a conversation with the Lord? Will you ask the Lord Lord, am I really supposed to be a punter instead of a quarterback? You know because I think Tim is having those kind of conversations and 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 again it's just this is hypothetical but i don't i didn 't get a chance to read all the book you know you know how did Hunter come with that understanding that you know what God has given me a gift to punt the ball. Not everybody can punt the ball there's one punter on a team, and yeah, god God well, forbid he think, ever gets hurt
4: uh,
2: if if he was here today he'd tell you that that he was angry and hurt. And part of them wanted to leave the university, Uh, you know. And I don't want to speak for him, but but he and I have talked about this, and uh, you know, we'll have to have him come on and tell you how it all came down with Lou. But it was hard, right? Because your ego is in the way. And I think, you know, really, he and I have talked. You know, there are three kinds of people in the world. There there are people that are naturally selfless and giving. There are people that are very selfish. And then there are people in the middle, and that's like me and Hunter and and other people that kind of vacillate between the two extremes, and we want to do good in the world, but sometimes our ego takes control, and 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 we're a little selfish. So I think there's a part of him that uh, uh, was probably pretty frustrated with that. Uh, But but ultimately, right, the Lord knew better, right? The Lord had his his ways are higher, right, uh, than our ways, and ultimately... Uh, uh, he 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 uh, worked them out for good.
1: Yeah, and that and that's kind of a point you kind of drove home that I wanted to acknowledge is you know part of being you know spiritually grounded is you you have to be a humble man. And mm-hmm. and and he and he obviously I mean when you're a quarterback you know all the attention's on you, but the the fact that he was able to humble himself and yes. and and eventually the light shined on someone else. But when it was all said and done. Uh, he was able to, again, leverage his jersey in order to to put out and work with you uh, to put this great book out that so many people can have access to read it. And there's some other great people in here that we're going to acknowledge some of them and discuss uh, the role that they played in the book, but I think we got to take a break. So, Darren, if you can hold on, we're going to take a break, uh, and we're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, the jersey effect. Beyond the World Championship, I got co-author Darren Gray with me. Come back. We got more to talk about.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
1: the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. The Jersey Effect, beyond the World Championship. Uh, of course, that is part Uh, It do. In fact, the man on the line with me now, Darren Gray, contributed to that. And Hunter Smith uh, was another uh, great contributor to it, as well as uh, Stephen Copeland and Ken Turner. Uh, The foreword is by the great coach, Tony Dungy. We're going to get to him a little bit later in the segment. Uh, Jeff Saturday was a big part of that team. You know, one thing that people always they don't always. But sometimes when you when you mention somebody who's a strong Christian man. You, you automatically think weak. You know, people do that sometimes. You just think this has to be a soft individual. There's nothing soft about Jeff Saturday. I mean, when you think about, you know, you look at him talking about Hunter. I mean, he looks like a guy who is a hunter, who, who's in the woods, who's, who's got a shotgun, you know, you know, chasing some deer down. You know, he's the kind of guy, you know, maybe chewing, he looks like he's chewing tobacco. He looks like a guy, you know, got some good country western music on, and when you get in a fight, you want him on your side. But this man... Is, is, is grounded and rooted spiritually. And, I, and, and the scene that NFL film shows many times on the sideline of him and Peyton going after and then when they hug each other, man, that is a beautiful scene. But speak to us a little bit about your experiences in, 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 in putting together this collaboration of which you get some testimonies from some guys. What was the conversation like with, with the good friend of ours? Of course, uh, we're talking about Jeff Saturday now. Well, share some of that with us.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, uh, Jeff and, and Hunter are, are very close friends, and in fact, we were all together uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Indianapolis. But the uh, uh, you know t- the Jeff's notoriety obviously was at, was at a high level. Uh, and people recognized him, and he played had a great career, snapping balls to uh, one of the the top uh, couple of quarterbacks ever to play the game in Peyton Manning and uh, uh jeff uh you know got started getting offers uh to do to have S- uh saturday chevrolet right you know when you win big games uh th- then your name literally can go on uh the bright neon lights and uh it, it has a way he talked about uh how how it ultimately uh made him feel double minded sometimes and and uh, that the world Begs you to serve it, you know. that At some level, you know, if you let your ego grow and and get out of balance, that sometimes you, you do want that. And he had to fight against that, and he was transparent uh, about that struggle with uh, uh, with Hunter and I as we were writing this. And, and ultimately, he realized that uh, it, it was uh, about uh giving credit back to the lord giving glory to the lord and looking for god moments that's really uh jeff's signature line, trying to find God moments inside of the game, and uh, he told a a great story about uh, you know when he got to uh, score a touchdown in the uh, New England Patriots game, and it was a a super moment for him. Sinners don't score many touchdowns. He fell on the ball in the end zone, and uh, uh, those kind of moments, while fleeting, are certainly exciting, and uh, ultimately, uh, he stood up and gave credit back to the Lord, and I think that is uh, just a neat testimony.
1: Well, I tell you what, if I got a football team and I need a center. Jeff Saturday can be my center anytime. That's no discredit to my good friend, Mike Babb out there, but certainly Jeff could be my center. Now, listen, I got somebody here. I got to talk about him because he's number 27 on the Indianapolis Coast that year. And help me, Matt's last name is, how do you pronounce Matt's last name, if you will? Giordano. Matt says, Matt's got a line here. I love it. A champion for Christ or closet Christian. And the reason why I love that is because, One of my best dear friends in heaven, God bless you. I love you to death, man. I learned how to play strong safety because of you, Todd Bell. Todd Bell was, when you talk about a role model for athletes amongst their peers, Todd Bell was it. Todd Bell was not going to be a closet Christian, but I would say myself included, not that we were closet, but we were not of the cloth of which Todd wore daily and and yeah. there are some people who struggle with that talk a little bit about your you know and and coming to terms with matt and how he wanted to shape his story man that's a good way for him to identify was that his struggle or was there a struggle he saw that many people were having a problem with being a champion for christ or a closet christian
2: yeah it was his struggle i mean truth be told after he won the ball game back in his hometown he kept getting offers to come in and talk at the the schools and the community centers and he was wrestling with, you know, I want to be humble, right? Because there there is a part of of the of our faith story that that we need to be mindful of, and we don't want to be arrogant about it. And so he he thought, you know, does the Lord require me uh, to be humble or to speak out? And and it really was through dialogue uh, with Hunter uh, that that he began to come out of his own closet and realize that he needed to stand up and step up for the Lord and. uh you know, he has uh, uh, got a great story in the Jersey effect.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to to touch on that because I know uh, there are many times in the National Football League that there are certain stories that the camera just isn't allowed to get behind uh, yeah. that corporate veil and, and let you into that. And, and a lot of that has to do with, Training camps, we have these hard knocks, but sometimes it's, it's still not really truly transparent. But yeah. one of the largest meetings that is a voluntary meeting that is not required of the players to attend are the Bible studies and the FCA, the FCA meetings and, and during training camp. And it's probably because during training camp, there are more people on the roster. But certainly those rooms are filled during training camp. As the season goes on, they tend to dwindle. I am pointing the finger at myself. I've done it on a number of occasions. I was inconsistent. I was consistently there doing training camp, probably because we were there, and I didn't have any place else to go, and it was convenient. But then sometimes I found excuses not to go after practice. And so was I being a closet Christian? Some people could say I was, but I've always professed the Lord and Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I thank him for it. But... My commitment wasn't always there like it should have been. So I acknowledge and I want to acknowledge the fact that that Matt stepped up and addressed that issue. But but I think there is a paragraph that that you wanted to share with us that you, you thought that it would be you know, good for the people to hear, and I don't know if I have my hands on it, but do you have access to that paragraph right there, handy, that, that you and want I to talk i got it right
2: in front of me, and I think it kind of sets up the dilemma that a lot of NFL players face, uh, and, and if you'll uh, allow me to, I'll lay this out there, and I think it'll spark some conversation. You see, sports have the power to unite us and to divide us, to ignite deep passions, to build community, and to amplify the voices of athletes and coaches. People, like it or not, seem to listen just a little bit more more attentively to those who've worn the jersey were persuaded by athletes to buy all sorts of things. Athletes have long stumped for products like razors and cars and beer. Sports fame and fortune are usually fleeting, though. Legends are made and forgotten. Championship rings are won and soon become a distant memory for all but the loyal fans. 78% of all the NFL players divorced, bankrupt, or unemployed within a couple of years of leaving the game. Many of them are just downright unhappy. We can all point to countless athletes who've fallen from grace because of handgun incidents, driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol, domestic violence, public divorce, and child custody battles. We see it on ESPN every day. And at some level, we're affected by it. And our young athletes and parents Parents are left to wonder is this what it means to be a professional athlete you weren't one of those guys you weren't Ray uh, one of those guys that uh, went down a a path, made a bad decision Uh, uh, but there's this this dichotomy right at one level they want to put you on Saturday Chevrolet right and at another level so they'll raise your name up and at another level uh, you are susceptible right because people Because of your fame and notoriety and in most cases some degree, uh, some measure of success and wealth, right? People want a piece of that. And so there are a lot of decisions that come along with being an athlete. And that's why I really admire the guys like you and Reggie White and so many others that came before uh, that wore the jersey the right way and are finding a way now to continue uh, uh, to to give back and really set that framework up uh, through FCA and Athletes in Action and and all the other uh, great ways that you're able to, to speak out.
1: Well, I, I just want to say this, you know, by no means whatsoever. I want to let everybody know I do not profess to be one who is without sin. I am a sinner. And Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. And he's, he's constantly working on me. And and that's the thing about it. I don't want anybody listening to this show for them for one reason to think that, that we're trying to uh, paint a picture of people who are, you know, Perfect people. There is no such thing as a per- There was one perfect person in my mind and what I believe that ever walked this earth and there will never be another. And so we, we just want to know that there are people who are spiritually grounded in the Christian yep. faith who are trying to be a good example, the best example they possibly can to lead people in a direction of which perhaps maybe if you follow this direction, if you follow this faith, uh, the results and the consequences will be much better than some of those deep, dark roads. And and I know we're going to talk in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about the foreword, because, again, that foreword of, to the book was by uh, the great coach, Tony Dungy. And And then we're going to end on it. But what I want to do is, Darren, there's, there's a little bit more. Uh, in terms of some other people that have contributed, and and I yeah. think Reg, Reggie Hodges, uh, who who still is is playing now, uh, you know, has a, a great contribution to the book, and and so that I don't mess it up, I'm going to let you just just throw it out there and, and give everybody that. That information you want to give about uh, about Reggie, because Reggie continues uh, to be a fighter and a soldier in locker rooms. And the thing about Reggie, I think, is like some other guys is, you know, it's one of these things. And we're going to have to go into a break. Not yet. But I'm going to lead us into this break because we'll, we'll talk about Reggie on the other side of the break. OK, is they don't force it on you. You know, and I think that's the hardest thing. That's what I love so much. Men, every, every time I get a chance, you know, Todd, I love you, my brother, is that Todd didn't force it. Todd just lived it. And so he lived it, and his example was what I one day wished. That, man, I yeah. wish I could be like Todd. He never—he he knew it. Big Bell's what I call Big Bell. I, you know, <laughs> I just loved the way he lived his life. And we had a good friend Tony Dungey who lives his life that way too. That people just watched him. And they liked what they saw. But we're going to come back. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about Reggie Hodges. Because Reggie still, I think it's with the Browns still. But we'll find out. But you're listening to Ray Sports on a Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Going to take a break. And on the other side, of course, my good friend, Darren Gray, will come back. And we'll talk about the jersey effect beyond the world championship. We'll be right back.
3: your internet flagship station for sports
4: voice america sports
1: all right we're back Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. We spend just about the majority of of the show uh, talking about something that's important to me. Uh, What matters to me is the Jersey effect beyond the world championship. And uh, Hunter Smith, along with uh, our good friend on the air with us now, uh, Darren Gray, uh, took pen to paper and uh, wrote a great book. And one of the segments of the book, Chapter 9, we got a young man there, Reggie Hodges. And I, I want to talk about Reggie. He's going to be the last person that we talk about. And, and, and we're going to close, the uh, last person before we close, uh, with Tony Dungey and and his forward. So let let let's talk a little bit about Reggie because Reggie's still a soldier out there now. He was a part of this this championship team of two thousand six, two thousand seven. Uh, so talk a little bit about Reggie and, and 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 his participation, his role, him him as a a good football player and a, a grounded, spiritual individual who's uh who he's a soldier.
2: Reggie was brought in to compete against Hunter. Hunter was the veteran that year. Reggie for training camp was brought in because you sometimes need an extra leg. And Literally, they were competing, and so Hunter had to make a decision. Am I going to befriend this guy, or am I going to do what some folks do, which is stand against them, not talk to them, kind of get in their head, because I, I want to keep my job. And as it turns out, Hunter Smith discipled Reggie Hodges at camp, Reggie then goes on to make a decision for Christ, ultimately now taking that decision on to other teams, played last year, last couple of years in Cleveland, but in 2010, he tore his Achilles tendon. Reggie told us the story as we were writing a book about he went up to kick a, to, to a punt and, and he came down and he tore his Achilles and that couldn't be a season or a career ending injury for a kicker. And uh, as he was laying in the ground, writhing in pain, uh, he realized that he was not going to allow it to affect his testimony. I'm going to read this. He said, as I laid on the ground, I remembered these exact words. I refused to let this test affect my testimony, and if men who have seen me walk with the Lord all of a sudden see the circumstances have rule, rule over me, then I'll lose my opportunity to witness. So he's on the ground, right, in pain, thinking about how his testimony will be if he's, you know, uh, uh, dropping a choice word or or whatever. He chose not to do that. His team rallied around them. They prayed him out of that circumstance. He ultimately came back and played in 2011, 2012, 2013. And I just think the fact that Hunter was willing to speak truth into his life is really the heart of Uh, Of the 360 degrees of Jersey effect, it's the player-on-player, the coach-on-player, the player-on-coach, and then the players and coaches on the community. And if you get that whole 360-degree loop going the right way – Uh, It is a powerful, powerful thing because uh, we've seen it uh, happen, and and, uh, hopefully uh, we'll continue to see it happen uh, with the likes of of Reggie and Jeff Saturday and Ben Utec and Tariq Glenn and just all the guys, up to and including Tony Dungy, who is uh, my special friend that I was with yesterday down in Tampa. Uh, helping to do, we did four projects yesterday. We did a project to honor, uh, a, a program called Always There to honor people that come alongside teams that aren't the head coach or aren't necessarily, uh, the, the people in the limelight and the players and, That was wonderful, and then we filmed PSAs and ultimately came together around a Father's Day promotion, which you'll see come out in a few weeks, and and then got up and and got to talk to uh, a corporate-based setting uh, to, to a bunch of leaders about what it means to be a servant leader and to ultimately be willing to, to do the things that Chuck Noel taught Tony uh, uh, about football and, and values and faith and family. So I'll use that as a lead in and let you steer a kind of our closing segment about Tony.
1: Well, I, I first want to just go back and, and, and commend Reggie because I, I was discipled by my good friend, my strong Christian brother, Todd Bell, was strong. And I just, the Lord kept yeah. putting these kind of people in my life because when I got to the Philadelphia Eagles, an all pro, strong safety. Uh, was who I had to compete with by the name of Randy Logan, not a man that ever played the game of football. As solid as Randy certainly won't yeah. exceed how solid and, and, and how much and how faithful he was to, to yep. the word and to himself and to his family and to his God. And, and I thank God for 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 Randy and, and the effect he had uh, on my life. So I could appreciate uh, Reggie and, and going through that and the fact that Hunter stepped up and was definitely a disciple. Now, let me go right in. Yeah. To Tony Dungeon because I just left the person and, and this was a person of Jewish faith. But but I had to acknowledge to him that I recognized that he was of the Jewish faith. I can't think of what they wear on the top of their head, but he had it on. And so I want to acknowledge that. And I want to say to him that, you know, when I was a kid and, I, and people who listen to this show know that as I close my show, I always say, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. That was the words of a famous sports reporter in my hometown who happened to be Jewish by the name of Jaime Williams. And I just felt that if Jaime Williams ever took the time out, that if it was my name, was relevant enough to be mentioned in his broadcast, that meant that I was on my way to making it if I hadn't made it yet. And he one yeah. day mentioned my name on several occasions. Well, let me tell you how much I believe in that. I believe in that so much so that one of my best friends, a graduate of Yale University, uh, who played football there, was my mentor in high school. Charlie Weatherspoon was working uh, in Pittsburgh at the time when Tony uh, was, was playing. And, and Charlie Weatherspoon told me that Tony Dungy knew my name, that Tony Dungy even gave him a little inside perspective about my chances of making it in the National Football League. I felt and I've always felt this, that if somebody knows your name or if they don't know your name, if you do something that's relevant enough for them to ask, who's that? And you're the that then you must or you might be on your way so much so that they want to take time out to find out. Who was that? Or or who did that? Or whoa, what was that? I think you're on your way. And Tony Dungy, just the fact that my name is ever on Tony's mind or brain or lips, uh, I just admire him that much from his day when he was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, and, and, and then I admire him. Uh, of course, the University of Minnesota, Big Ten guy. and And then to be a head coach in the National Football League and the things that he went through, the adversity he was faced with. And then the man is such a good Man, and he's a head football coach. You you see how coaches can be sometimes. You saw the guy up at Rutgers, (laughs) but you know how coaches can be. But he is a great man. So tell us, share with us if you will. You got Tony to to contribute to the foreword. Man, how did you do that? And I know you're so glad you did. That's a Super Bowl champion coach who delivered the foreword to the book. And Tony talks about football builds character. I remember USA Today page, with all these guys on the page that have been arrested. That was terrible. But I hope from that, that that football would build character for them. Talk a little bit about Tony Dungy.
2: Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously Cal Stahl uh, shaped him, uh, you know, and Tony talked about successes, or Cal talked about success is uncommon, not to be enjoyed by the... the I mean, I completely got that wrong. Success is uncommon, not to be enjoyed by the common man. I'm looking for uncommon men. Mm. And I think Tony began to understand and was shaped it in the Big Ten uh, and and knew that he uh, was uncommon and that he could do things a little bit differently. He didn't have to follow the crowd. And then he got, he was blessed to play uh, in the Steelers organization, one of the fine, I mean, there's a lot of fine football organizations, but the Steelers are right at the top of that list. And And uh, Chuck taught him early that, you know, football is is not ultimately uh, uh, what what Tony was about, right? That he ultimately was a man of faith and and family and helped him to understand that there were dimensions, uh, athletic, academic, social, spiritual, that you needed to be a well-rounded person and one that uh, uh, could ultimately uh, get along after football was over because it's just part of your life.
1: We got about 30 seconds, Darren. Please, if you could just wrap this up, please tell us if we're interested in more information from you, from Tony, the work you guys, where can we get this information from?
2: Yeah, gang, I'm at All Pro Dad Leader. That's my handle on Twitter. You can track me down there. Certainly, jerseyeffect.com. Uh, you can learn about what we're doing. You can buy the book in Amazon and, and around that way. But uh, that, that's less what I'm interested in. What I'm more interested in is just uh, continuing to encourage your listeners uh, to use their own jersey, right, in their daily walk to have an impact on those around them to make a difference and to be uh, the best that they can be.
1: And what about All Pro Dad? Is there some, a summer website we can go and check that out?
2: Yeah, allprodad.com. Uh, we've got another event coming up in Jacksonville. Two weeks ago we were down in Tampa with Coach Ciano and Gerald McCoy Uh, We're headed off to Jacksonville next, then Indy, then Baltimore. So folks want to plug into our programming, they can do that. We've got chapters all over America, allprodad.com.
1: Okay. Hey, we're going to challenge you. We're looking for some uncommon men. That's what Tony said. That's what we need more of, uncommon men. You've been listening to Ray of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm infinity living like it matter. The Jersey Effect, beyond the world champion. Hunter Smith and Darren Gray. Darren was with us the whole show. Thank you, Darren. We'll be calling you again to be back on the show with us. And as always, I got to go, but I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.